Okay. Um, how many people... I'm guessing that everybody is part of the Two Fat Expats group, but, but maybe not everybody is a podcast listener. Usually we're wearing baseball caps... Uh, one of Towels. us is yeah. One of us is up really early. One of us is up really late. We've Nikki and I have never lived in the same country, so we have done these podcasts with Nikki in America and uh, Hamburg and Copenhagen. I've been boring. I've just been in Doha and Australia. I think we've I've maybe we've done, done a one few. together once before. Did we? When was that? In your house in in. Oh the- yes. <laughs> We did, but we didn't have an audience. <laughs> no, just the dog. Yeah, just the dog, just the dog. Okay, so I'll kick off. We are recording all of this. Feel free to laugh or yell out or do whatever, but just uh, maybe keep the side chat, whatever, because some there are other people listening who are probably thinking, what is that noise? I am very nervous about doing this beginning because usually I stuff it up and Nikki just edits it out, so this will be interesting, but... For those of you who've heard this before, you're going to go, is that what you... All right. Anyway, are we, are we ready to start? Hello and welcome to Two Fat Expats. My name is Kirsty Rice and I'm one half of the Two Fat Expats. This is my co-host, Nikki Moffat. Hello, Nikki Moffat. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you, Kirsty Rice. <laughs> I feel so contrived. I know. Um, <laughs> welcome to our first live podcast. Here we are. I oh, know, I've actually written about it, so I don't need to ad-lib about this, do I? Welcome to our first live podcast with audience participation. We... Yeah. <laughs> You guys are good. <laughs> We've got no breaks for applause here anyway. <laughs> we are coming to you from the Blue Balls Cafe in Singapore, which has to be the very best name for a bike cafe. Uh, Nikki and I have been expats for a very long time. We're old enough to share our war stories of expat life without Google Maps, Instagram and Facebook buy and sell pages. If you call yourself an expat or an economic immigrant, you may want to join our Facebook group, which is called Two Fat Expats. There's almost 40,000 of us there. I think there is 39,000. 0.7. We'll announce it when it gets to the number. It's a wealth of information when it comes to moving all over the world. Okay, so let's get started with this week's podcast. But I do have to say, uh, my husband is here. For he's down the back with the camera. Hello, G. So, the famous this, G. The famous G. This would be torturous for G because I don't think G's ever listened to a podcast. If that's, that's, that's unlike my husband who sends me feedback every week. He does. So, Nikki's husband will send her feedback saying, Do you think you should have said this? Do you think you should have said that? Whereas, my husband, I have been at dinner parties where people have said, Oh, your wife does a podcast. And he says, Every day is a podcast at my house. So, welcome to G's torture of <laughs> sitting here. But at least we've put him in a bike shop. He's a middle-aged man in Lycra, so at least we've given him somewhere that's his bag. Okay, Nikki, uh, we've been starting the show with a would you, could you, or how would you uh, for quite a while now. Um, but because we're live, and this is more an open format, we've decided that it might be nice for the show to have a bit of a theme. And today's theme is friendships and what makes them and breaks them. So, Nikki, you're a few months away from repatriating to Australia, so new friends are on the horizon, 
or are they? Uh, will you change the way you make friends in your repat life? Well, I do hope new friends are on the horizon, Kirsty, because I'll be pretty freaking lonely if I don't have any new friends. Um, just when we know we're actually going to end up is key, because not knowing makes the advanced leg work a little bit harder. I can't be spreading my, do you know anyone here? Um, so today my husband is in Port Douglas and Cairns looking at things up there. This so. is a terrible location. It's <laughs> where I had my honeymoon. Like it's beautiful. <laughs> it's absolutely stunning. She's about to go and live in paradise. But anyway, go on, go on. Maybe. He said 1970s Gold Coast. So <laughs> um, all right. I, um, okay, it's going to be totally different for me. I have no kids with me anymore. Both my kids have gone, so I won't have any school gates. I don't have any communities that was brought home to me this week when I um, hosted uh, in, the, in the days before I came the first, uh, the inaugural Copenhagen Cookbook Club. And I did that because Jane from Singapore, who some of you might know, is now living in Copenhagen. And someone hooked me up with her and we met. And I said, she said, I'm here with no kids. So I don't have a school gate. I don't have anything. And I said, I tell you what, I was going to start this cookbook club before COVID, but I didn't. And so now I'm going to do that. So, um, but she came and we had a great, a lovely evening. But it was very obvious that the other people were connected through school. Yeah. And so it was that feeling of everyone was very open to, to new friendships, but there's just that underlying thing. It's not about being new. It's about having the, the mutual connection of, of the underneath stuff. Do you feel like you've been a different type of friend in each location? Like when you talk about ages and stages. Yeah. So I guess also, yeah, I do think I have been a different type of friend in each location. I mean, yes and no. Obviously, I feel the same. Mm -hmm. um, I've probably had different levels, different amounts of friends. Like um, mm. in some locations, when I was younger, I had younger kids. I wasn't doing my own housework. So I probably had more friends because I had more time to have more friends. Yeah. yeah. Um, so location-based... Ba baby groups bring big yeah. groups of yeah. people, don't they? Yeah. Also, not cooking dinner every night also yes. helps. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Just even, even. Um, but, I, but I think sort of in more locations, in some locations there's more options than in other locations. Yes. So I think that as well. So, you know, in some places are made for, for expat life, like Singapore. There mm -hmm. are 100,000 groups to join, things to do, whatever. No, that's not to say that it's not easy to make friends, but it, it can be easier. There are. As, and I started my expat life in one of those locations six years in Hong Kong. And so it was easy. Like I went to a how to be an expat in Hong Kong course, you know, <laughs> like when I got there at the Y. And that's how I made my best friends who are still best friends today. I have to ask, how, how, what did they teach you? How do well, you I mean, it was like a welcome to Hong Kong for the foreigners. Right. And it was, at, it was it. held by the YWCA and you had six weeks of courses where you just went really around Hong Kong and saw different things and learnt yep. local stuff, like how to shop in a wet market and all that kind of stuff. Yep. And then at the end of the six weeks, you had a junk trip with all the partners. So you got to find out if you were going to be just single lady friends or couple friends. You kind of wonder whether like YouTube and those that have killed that. Because now we're sitting with a screen yeah. watching how to do that. But you're not actually meeting anyone. Yes. Well, I, yeah. I think that's true. But I think there's two sort of stages. Like there's the research where now research is much easier. Yes. So I would say that I, before I moved to Hong Kong, I had no concept of living in Hong Kong. I thought it was somewhere people went to go shopping. I didn't yeah. Know. I mean, I was like, why would I ever live there? It seems really weird. Yeah. But... Um, 
but I moved there and <laughs> it was great. Yes. I loved it very much. Um, but, yeah, I, I guess that those things still exist. I mean, has anyone here ever been to one of those kind of things? Oh, yes, here we go. Ah, the crowd. The crowd. Yeah. So they still exist, Kirsty. Yeah, for those I've at just home, done it. that was four or five hands. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, yeah. I just feel I need to talk to the the other people. No, that that's here. all good. I, yeah. I would say though that I, I think the other thing is is um, the mix has been different. So, like local friends in different locations. Like in South Africa, I had local friends, which I don't. In Hong Kong, I had very few local friends, even though I was there for six years, mm -hmm. just because I worked for an Australian company. I lived in a villa with uh, like all expats, international expats. I didn't know a lot of local people. Yep. Um, but I go to South Africa, there's not so many expats. So yes. I had to, no, I didn't have to, but I met a lot of local people. Any South Africans here tonight? Yes. Ah, uh, uh, yes, okay. I can't say that then. No. <laughs> I was kidding. There is a South African, there is a South a, African no, woman no, here yeah, no, who no. has the most amazing eyelashes. You, ha or you all have to have a look. Where is she? Where is she? Where is she? Where is she? I want to put your hand up. Oh, she's down the back. She's not going to do it. You have to have it. They're natural. And um, it's, a, it's a... Yeah, I did because they looked incredible. Because you know now, you look at... Sorry, I'm off track. This is what happens. These are the bits that get they edited get out. Edited out yeah. <laughs> um, you know how now everybody's got those big, bushy, fake eyelashes, which I also love and I compliment everyone on them. There is a woman here who said she doesn't have a lot of eyelashes, but she's using... And if Clarins are listening, you've done the right job. What's it? It's a gold tube and it's called... Wonderlash. They look, go and, ha go and meet her. Uh, they are really good. I am buying a tube tomorrow. Sorry, Nikki, continue. Absolutely <laughs> no problem. I think we've all forgot what I said about South Africa. Okay, so um, the US and Germany are also, like, we're a lot, living a lot more locally. So, you know, local friends don't fall as fast or as hard as expat friends do. So, because, yeah. you know, you've got to put in the work for them because they're just living their lives. Yeah. They can weigh out whether they need a new friend or not. Well, they've, they've done that, that famous Seinfeld episode, isn't it, where it's, I'm not recruiting. I, yeah. I don't need to recruit anymore. But that also exists in long-term expat. Oh, life. yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the other thing I'd say about the things about thinking about friendships through the different locations. Now I'm thinking about how to get new friends again. Um, so mistakes that I have made in the past. I think from location one to location two, I tried to fill exact roles or positions. So I was like, oh, here's my friend, the organiser. You know, Kerry in Hong Kong is now going to be Sole in uh, South Africa. And, and I tried to sort of make people the exact replica of what yep. um, my last person was. And I, and that was a big mistake. We do the same <laughs> thing with locations. Like everybody's met someone that begins every sentence with, well, in Oman, <laughs> we did whatever. It's the same thing. It's trying to hook yourself out of, you've got to move on. Yeah. yeah, and it's like learning a language. There's no direct translation. Like you're trying to think of the words, but there's nothing actually exactly to say. So, yeah, that, that is something that I have learned over time not to replicate and also because you can then change the size of the groups to bigger and smaller. And so I think that, you know, you can't try and have ten people and replicate them if, if you've only got six people in this location. Yeah. You just might need different numbers of things. But, yes, yeah. Um, I, yeah, so I think that th that was part of me not leaving Hong Kong well. I've talked about on the podcast before about uh, the first year in South Africa. I was just so miz. And everyone, 
the second year I was there, like 12 months in, I'd meet everyone at the same events, the school and this and that, like 12 months on, and they'd say, are you okay? Because you were having a really large t- a hard time last year. Do we have to temporarily let go of people and countries to move on? So is that what you have to do? I think you do, but it's temporary. So it's a temporary let go. So you talked about in your beautiful reading, you mm-hmm. talked about how you, you friendships, look back. they let go and you have to drop them. Yeah. Because when you move, you have to be in that space. You can't live in the, in the past space. You've, you've got a story that I've always enjoyed. Of um, You were in Georgia in the yep. US and you'd started, you knew you were going to Hamburg and you'd started looking and you were sitting in your kitchen and there was a woman there and you had kind of dropped out. What, what? I was sitting in my friend's kitchen. So every Friday at five o'clock, we, I lived in a neighbourhood, like the complete package, like 100 houses, two tennis courts, a pool, you know, Friday afternoon drinks, everything. And every fi- afternoon at Friday at five o'clock, they, w- they would play music and we'd all dance and have a glass of wine. Anyway, um, and we did it at her house because she had smaller children. And I was there and we'd had the dancing and a couple of glasses of wine and then I was online looking for things in Hamburg. I was looking for doctors for my kids and I needed special information. And so I was on the group and she said, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm just looking on Facebook. And she said, where on Facebook are you looking? (laughs) Oh, God, she was on to you. (laughs) She was on to me. She's like, you're checking out. And And I was checking out. I was checking out of there. I mean, we talked about this a little bit before as well, like... When you leave a place like Houston or or, the, or Georgia for us, your friends are local, so they're not mm. your expat friends. So you don't think that you're going to see them in another location in the future. Like, that's not in your horizon. So the sobbing can be very hard and it can so. be very... Yeah. Because you can kind of kid yourself, can't you, that if you've got an expat friend that they might end up where you ended up and whatever. And it did happen to me. My, my bestie in Jakarta, Leah... She got moved to Houston and then I ended up in Houston. It was like, this is magic, like, to be able to do it twice. But, yeah, when you befriend a local, um, goodbye is... Yeah, they're not moving anywhere anytime soon. No. No. And you know what they're doing too? They're going, why did I ever become friends with you? (laughs) This is too hard. No, and I I have to say, South Africans, because they're very mobile people, some of them said, like, I don't want my kid to be friends with your kid. Because yeah. too many of their friends have left. I don't want to hurt my so kid. So I'm not having my kid. I'm like, well, dude, I'm here for three years and my, fr- my kid needs friends. Like, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. like... It's, I it's, can see that. I no, no, I, I can see it from their yeah. point of view. Yeah. But it's, it's very... It's really, really difficult. Okay, so Kirstie, that's about me and how I'm going to look at for my friends. How will you replenish or change up your friendship group post-COVID? And now you have kind of a quite defined time split between countries with... Four kids in one country and yes. the lovely G in the other. Yes, and have a look at him. See why, <laughs> we, what keeps me in Doha? Okay, we debated even using the C word in Singapore because I think Singapore did the C word in a very heavy, heavy way. And um, I don't know, I, I don't know, tell me if I'm wrong, but do you feel like you're only just coming out of it now and just, like, just all to be in here now and no masks and we were in a packed room and the whole thing, it, it, it definitely um, is a big thing. But so for what happened to me uh, in COVID in the same way, so 
uh, March 2020, uh, I still had one child with me in um, Doha. I had three children back in Australia. Uh, Everybody could see the writing on the wall. You could be in the Two Fat Expats group. You'd see everybody who was in China was saying, come on, guys, like, this is what's going to happen. And, of course, in my book group, we had someone from Finland at the Finnish school, someone from the German school, someone from the Canadian school, and everybody was talking, oh, they're saying that the school's going to shut. And so I was saying to G, we're going to end up with three children in Australia and one child in uh, Qatar and this isn't going to work. Like, I need to take take our younger son, Henry Hotdog. I need to take Henry Hotdog home to be with the others. Um, I hope it's okay, G, that I give this whole story. But um, basically, G said, okay, well, can you hang on till Tuesday? I'm going in for a colonoscopy and then, you know, you can take me to the hospital and back and then we'll go. And G was diagnosed with bowel cancer. But I ended up in Australia for two years because I couldn't leave not knowing that I couldn't get back in to the kids. So G and I sort of spent a year together and then a year apart. But what happened over that time is that book group that I mentioned just decimated. We had one person left. I can't believe it. Like out of all of those people. No. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't count me. Just me. Yeah. So you there was, started it though. So there was one person and um, obviously when I came back the, the whole school gate situation was shut to me because my son had started school in Australia and we weren't about to pluck him out and pluck him back and whatever. Um, so I have found being back in Doha it's almost like just starting completely again and everybody is saying the same thing because I had so many friends that were like so many situations were shut to them that they left or their jobs stopped or just everything changed. So the question which I need to answer was uh, how will I replenish? Well, I think the obvious answer, I'm scrolling, thank you, the easy answers are I've become a golfer. Uh, I, I'm, Don't not, know it. I'm addicted to golfing, I have to say. Uh, and there's all the usual things. I can see here there's an Anza sign up there. There's an Anza in uh, Doha as well. There's all those usual groups that you'd find and the gym and Pilates and you can go for tours of the souk and whatever. But, I mean, they're, they're the easy answers, right, that everybody tells you on blog posts and whatever. But the, the, the hard and real answer is that you have to open yourself up to the reality that you're going to get hurt again. And this is like us talking about the locals that say, I'm not going to be friends with you because I know your stick, you'll move on in three years' time. It's the same for old, old term expats. You go, can I do this again? Can I really front up again? This is the you know my fourth wave of friends. But I think you and I had a bit of a realisation, didn't we, about connecting with people and a really good way of doing it. Yeah, so when, before I arrived here, uh, Kirsty said, uh, um, not here tonight, but on Tuesday or Wednesday, yeah. Kirsty wrote me a message and said, oh, I'm really f- looking forward to seeing you. I'm so excited. I was like, I see you all the time. <laughs> like, are we, yeah. Because when we record the podcast, we do it on video. We both hate doing video. We don't do video with any of our other friends. Yeah. I, and we don't, like, I don't do it with my parents. Like, yeah. I don't do it with my family. Nothing. That's why you're not bombarded by two fat expat 
videos, <laughs> right, in the group because uh, – uh, hold. Emma's, Emma's going to take some. Um, yeah, I think I was saying to these guys before, the last time I did a video I said, you know, hello, you know, here I am on Facebook and I was on Instagram. <laughs> and uh, I am shocking at it because I can't do – you know, it's all so polished and perfect. Yes, and we don't have the right filters. Matching, yeah. There are not enough filters in the world for – Although, can I just say, somebody who I, I met and is very lovely told me that I'm a lot more glamorous in real life than they thought I was. Well, you're not. There in you a go, ba- there she is. <laughs> well, <laughs> for a start, you've got a bra on. Yeah. So. There you go. <laughs> Thanks very much. I do. You're correct. <laughs> I don't always when we record the podcast. <laughs> or when you're coming back from dipping. That was what I was yes, thinking about. Yes, right. <laughs> So it's when she comes, Nikki, Nikki goes dipping, hands up, everyone knows what dipping is. So in Copenhagen, they all love to get in freezing cold water and do whatever. So Nikki goes dipping, but she walks home braless, makeupless, with a big yeah. hat over her head and <laughs> takes photos. Yeah. <laughs> and... We love you for it because there needs I'm to be more of that. I'm keeping it real, people. I'm keeping it real. Yes. And, but we were saying when we saw each other, what we realised, which I think this is really important, is when we saw each other at the hotel, we looked at each other and went, because, you know, usually you're away from people and you don't see people for, I just realised I've got my back over here. I'm going to face over here. Did you, did you know that? <laughs> so, so we were saying that. You don't see people and you do telephone calls and texts and whatever. And so then when you see them, it's really amazing because you remember their face. And and I'm like that with my mum because my mum and I don't video chat. We text most days and talk and whatever, but we don't do video. But when I saw Nikki, it was like, oh, no, I don't feel like I've – I haven't seen you. I don't feel like I've missed you. And then it made me realise I need to do – even though I'm uncomfortable – Doing video, too, yeah. I need to do more of it because it does make you closer. It does make you feel closer. Um, and the perfect example of that, does anyone here have Marco Polo? Jessica Roth, big user of Marco yes, Polo. Yes, I am. A, I, so I have two friends that I use Marco They're the only people I use Marco Polo with. So I've got a girlfriend who... What out, watch out for their new requests. Yeah. requests. <laughs> so... Um, I've got a girlfriend who's got a big job in Sydney. She's a banker. She is very, very private. So she just got rid of all of her social media. And so then it was like, but you're missing everything. Like you're missing, and I'm missing what your kids are doing and whatever. So we agreed to Marco Polo and then another sort of, there's three of us. We've all been great mates for 30 years. And, but what Marco Polo gives us, which I think this is a key if you are a person that hates video, the thing about FaceTime is people always call you at the wrong time. You're either about to go to the loo or you're about to jump in the car or you're about to do whatever or you look terrible or you're in bed or whatever. Marco Polo gives you the choice. You choose when you're going to go on the, on the screen. But also you don't have to make up any excuses about, oh, I have to go, I'm running out the door, <laughs> which you can't do on FaceTime because everyone can see you're in your pyjamas. <laughs> but Marco Polo allows you just to do those quick snippets and what... What Marco Polo has given us is I have now seen her office. I've seen her commute. I've seen her walking her dog every night. I Basically, I know what her whole day and her life actually looks like. When she talks about things, I can see it now because I can see her. It's also made me realise, and we've joked about this, in all of her videos, she's usually exercising, like she's literally doing 
push-ups with me underneath her. And she's I'm doing... That's what she tells you she's doing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't even want to think about that. No, I, I wasn't uh, being right. Uh, but she's on the bike. She's always squeak, squeak, squeak on the bike. And my girlfriend, Kath, is usually... Um, on the commute, like going to work, going back from work, and good old Kirsty is sitting on the couch. <laughs> like mine aren't half as exciting. But um, I, I think if anyone wants to do more more of that and more feeling like you've got a, a wanting to sound, I don't want to sound too wanky, but more of a connection, um, Marco Polo is brilliant You've for inspired that. me. I'm going to go back yeah. in. It is. Jessica, it's good, isn't it? <laughs> yes. It's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so yep. it's time to find out what the audience told us about their friendship. So everybody got like a, an email, which Nikki very cleverly did, um, and we asked you questions about uh, what was the most surprising way you met or made a friend. And there were a few crackers um, that we thought we'd like to set, suggest. Justine. Where's Justine? Oh, oh. <laughs> oh So... Justine, I, I feel like Justine could even say it because she's right, right here. Justine, why don't you tell yeah, me? I won't make everyone do that. It's just that Justine's right here. And okay, hello everyone. <laughs> Hi, Justine. Hi. Hi, Justine. <laughs> um, probably one of the funniest ways I've met a friend is through a friend wanted ad. <laughs> I was sitting in my office in Sydney, and I just found out we were moving to Hong Kong. And I joined this expat forum called Geo Expat. And this was in 2009, and so a long, long time ago. And so I saw this. The heading was the only mom in the playground. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it was an American lady called Michelle, and she um, was finding it hard to make friends in Hong Kong. She went to the playground and... Everybody had helpers, so the helpers Michelle's were here. all yeah. She's playing. Here. <laughs> You've taken the punchline. Not very good at telling stories, obviously. Oh, sorry. So uh, she was having trouble um, engaging with the helpers because everybody um, sent their children at that time down to the playground with these helpers, and they were very shy. And I saw the name of the condo that she was staying at and that was the service departments. We would be arriving there in about three or four weeks' time. So we uh, went to the indoor play centre together. We both had very small boys. And I remember we walked back to our apartments. She was living exactly two floors up from me in the same apartment, in the same building. And we looked at each other and went, we, love, we just enjoy spending time with each other. Anyway, a year later, I lost her to Singapore and uh, she was there for about a year. We would come and visit her in Singapore. Singapore's great. We could live here. My husband got transferred to Singapore a year later and about um, and 12 years later, she's sitting next to me here. <laughs> I just want to say I would have been your friend, but I left Hong Kong in 2009. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> So, how old are your boys now? 16. 16 oh. and 15. They were two and one and two, one and two. That is magic. That doesn't happen very often no. that expat kids get to That's spend so their lucky. whole lives. Wow. And are they both still here? Oh, how, what, but what happens next though? Like, do they go to uni in the same, what, what happens? Oh, yes. <laughs> 
That's good. Sorry, 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 sorry. Okay, so there were other people that responded. Yes. <laughs> Nova, who's here visiting us from Borneo. Thanks Hello, for coming, Nova. Nova. Nova lent someone her maternity clothes, um, so she lives in Borneo, and maternity clothes for non-Asian women were really hard to find, not long after she moved, um, and then she popped in to see how she was getting on after she had the babies, and 12 years later, they're still friends, and they've ended up back in Borneo together. Yeah, that's good. Okay, and we have Liz. Where's Liz? Parish. Oh, hello, Liz. Okay, so Liz met Roz at a condo coffee together and she politely, I love this because I've had this too, Roz politely told her, I don't need any more friends. <laughs> hands up if anyone's ever told you that. Yes. Yeah, it's, yeah. That's a lot more hands than before. Yeah. Uh, and she thought, okay, well, that's me told. She said, we've been friends ever since. They moved, they moved to Hong Kong and during COVID they were still friends and I think that wherever we are in the world, we'll always be friends. That's something. Okay, so Joe Adamson. I don't, how do I meet Joe? Yeah, yes. Joe's here. Yeah. yeah, I know Joe's here, but I can't, I can't yeah, see down, down the, the back of the oh, Sorry, shirt. I can't see with my glasses. I can't see that far away. <laughs> Hello, Joe. So Joe did a Google search on expats living in Singapore and Kelly's name came up. Kelly's also here. Down so the back they, with Joe. They met when they just arrived. The kids were very dubious as they were meeting an unknown person that they'd befriended online. Good teaching, Joe. <laughs> um, and now they've been friends for 10 years. Yeah. Okay, and then we have Karen Melski. Where's Karen? Oh, Karen. So, so sorry. Karen is part of the naughty group. Have you noticed? Mm. Uh, I have they're, noticed. They're, they're good fun. They're the ones that are going out after. Right. <laughs> so Karen said, after living in Singapore for a very long time, I've had many friends and I've had a lot of friends leave over a two-year period of, a few years back. A woman posted about a dinner for working women on a Facebook group expressing that sometimes she meets someone on the weekend or a day off while out with her children, but once they realise that she's a working mom. That they don't really have any time for her, which is just shit. I'd also experienced that, so I decided to go to the dinner. This is something I've never done before. I had a lovely dinner with some fantastic women. We met up a few times before COVID. We've maintained a relationship um, with the women who originally posted. Sorry, I've butchered this whole thing, haven't I? Tell me well, what I'm saying, Nikki. It's all good. We'll re record it for the podcast later. <laughs> no. Anyway. Karen's now got friends. <laughs> that is the outcome of the story. That means Nikki didn't listen to me either. <laughs> I did listen, but I just wasn't going to go back over it. Okay. Okay, so when we asked what made great expat relationships, these were a few of the responses. Uh, someone said that they'd that you need to have someone who's been through similar life experiences, that are, there are many different stages of expat life and each friend has been there through a different one stage or another, which is true. I think that's what bonds us all here tonight. Like I think any one of you could walk across the room and talk to someone else and you'd have the, the, the same stories to tell. Um, I really liked what this person said. They said conversation uh, makes for really good friends, as in... Being asked questions and feeling like you're actually someone's really listening um, 
validating those big ugly feelings and not feeling like you've got to fix things yeah, for yeah, someone yeah. yeah just just listen you don't have to fix it um unless unless you're specifically asked to <laughs> fix it um and being vulnerable i think being vulnerable is a really big one um sharing hopes and fears and not pretending that everything is rainbows and unicorns we've all met those people they pop up on our Facebook group every now and again where someone says, oh, no, my kids are great, everyone's great, we're all really happy and everything's fabulous. And you just have to do this. Just yeah. keep doing that. Yes. And I'm a life coach and you can sign up at oh, lifecoach.com. Uh, <laughs> okay, moving on. Um, I loved this person. Um, loyal, no judgment, ready for anything. I have besties in several countries and they all share these traits. I also share these traits, so come see me later. Um, that we understand each other and the fact the home and se- the fact that home and the sense of belonging is not the place where we grew up. So understanding that that someone else. Laughter, very, very important. Big time. <laughs> Similar life values and humour and trust. And the other thing that came up, which was that you don't have to be in touch all the time, not mm-hmm. expecting constant contact at all times, but knowing any time you pick up the phone, they'll be there. I think if anyone understands that, your expat friend understands Correct. that. Correct. It's your home friends that don't, don't understand. understand that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's specifically unique. So a lot of, you know, globally mobile life has very big parallels with a, a stationary life, but that mm-hmm. that is one thing that does not. That is, a, like any of you have said, you can pick up the phone and call someone and they'll be there. So, mm. 100%. I, I liked, I'm just going to scroll down a little bit because I'm aware we've gone on a little bit. But no, um, this is one of the things I used to say to the kids. Be the friend that you want. So, whoever you feel you need in your life, there's probably someone out there that, that needs that same same thing. So, be the friend Correct. that you need. Okay, Nikki, this is usually when we do our three favourite things. Are we not going to do that now? Yes, okay. we will. We will. Um, okay, do you want me to start with mine or you want to do You start, Kirsty. What are your three favourite things this week, Kirsty Rice? Thank you. Have we got American? Well, I know. How many Americans? Okay, has, has, you guys are going to be all over this and I won't if you're Super Bowl NFL people. So this week I have fallen in love with the Kelsey brothers. Does anyone know who the Kelsey brothers Have you? So uh, I, I love this and I will put a, a link to it in the group on the page. Da, da, da. So the Kelsey brothers the are, are Travis and Jason who one managed to play for the Chiefs and one played for the Eagles. Yes, yes. And so mum wore a half jersey and mum, there was a whole story that led up to the, I'm a massive AFL football fan as any oh, In case know. any of you didn't know that. I expect anyone who's not from Australia to bear it for the Port Adelaide Football no, Club. I'm just wrong, telling you right now. Wrong, thank you, thank you, thank you. I've got a clap down the back, that's enough. <laughs> okay, so, but, so I love sports stories. I love I just I think that sport is something that unites everyone from all socioeconomic groups. It, it's a great leveller. It's great. And this story I just love. So Donna Kelsey is the mother of Travis and Jason. And you can imagine as, as it led on of who was going to be in the Super Bowl, you went through all the playoffs and everything where everyone talked about, holy moly, is she going to end up having to sit at a Super Bowl and have two sons on opposite teams and yes she did but there is a video going around and that's what I want to share which 
if you think I made you cry, Donna Kelsey's going to really make you cry <laughs> because, of course, someone has to lose. And so you see she hits the, the, the what I would call the oval. It's not, what is it? Is the fields, uh, the, the what? Or whatever it is. The track, the, whatever. She hits it. She reaches the son that won first. And, oh, my God, because, of course, these these blokes are huge. Like, they're enormous and beards and, you know, they look like bikies. And he, they're like, oh, mama, hi, mama. And, like, <laughs> just big hugs and, and tears. But then the one that won says, go and find him. You know, and, yes, and then he... <laughs> She goes to find him and he's all whatever. Anyway, I, I have... Now, if anyone knows more about these people when you're about to tell me they're terrible people, okay, I'll take it on board because <laughs> I've only seen this much of their lives. But I have discovered that they do have a podcast. Um, their podcast is called New Heights and there is a special one came out just in the last couple of days that has their Super Bowl reactions um, and it's just brilliant. So. And- on the way here from the hotel, Kirsty was listening to the podcast. I said, what are you listening to? She said, I'm not telling you. I'm going to tell you about it when we talk in front of the other people. Otherwise, uh, we won't have anything to talk about. Talk about. But it is absolutely beautiful. But I'm one of those people that shares all those uh, recruitment stories mm. and, you know, the, the junior guy who came from nothing and his mum drove him to training every morning. I fall for that stuff. So, and this is beautiful. Anyway, they do a great podcast together and it's really cute. And, um, yeah, it's, and you get the whole younger brother, big brother thing going down. Okay, so that's my one, number one. Um, the second one, while we've been talking about friendships and we've done a lot of stuff about women, uh, there is a New York Times article about why is it so hard for men to make close friends and I will do a link to that. But I think that one's really, really good for... It, it talks to men about practising vulnerability um, which is a big one for Brene Brown, isn't it, that she talks about. But um, sort of having those unfiltered conversations about your inner life and being able to sort of keep it very simple. So she was saying, the next time you meet up with a friend, you should tell them something that you're actually struggling with, which goes back to what we were all saying before about people that pretend everything is rainbows and unicorns and whatever. It's that whole actually sharing something. Um and but the big thing they were saying about with men was sharing recurring social situations like joining a club or a class golf is always good um uh, and getting to know each other and then my last one was a movie that I loved but um maybe others others didn't in the back of the room I really like the bullet train with um, I watched it on the plane. I think it's the perfect plane movie. Like it's zippity zip zip zip, and it's got Brad Pitt and um, <laughs> and Brad. Have you seen it? No. And, and Brad Pitt actually doesn't look like he's had surgery. Whereas, yeah, he looks like a fifty-year-old bloke. He looks good, and um, I just thought it was a really good. I don't know if I would have sat through it. I think on a plane, it's a perfect... If you're on a flight, I think it's the perfect plane movie. Um, Whereas others in this room that might be men that I might be married to will tell you that they switched it off in 30 minutes. But I I thought it was great. Maybe it's a Maybe that's because they were being served more champagne. Yes. (laughs) Maybe they were at the front of the French champagne. Yes. 
They're at the front. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, G. Under the bus. <laughs> Okay, uh, Mickey, tell me about your three okay, things. Okay, so, um, yeah, so my three things. So that nine, I, I am the bringer of the trash TV, Kirsty, to the podcast. You are, you yeah. are. Uh, ah, look, I've got trash TV fans. She always says people don't want to know that stuff. I'm like, people want to know that stuff. Um, so that 90s show, if you like that 70s show, it's lovely, light, easy to watch. And did they bring back Mila and Ashton? Can you wait? Sorry. A minute. Sorry. <laughs> I'll let you speak. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't read yeah. it. <laughs> um, yeah, so if you've got nostalgia for that 70s show, which aired in the 90s, think about that, from 1998 to 2006, it, it makes you reminisce about the 90s and reminisce about that 70s show. The 90s are now 30 years ago. That's horrifying to everybody here, I'm sure. Um, it's back in Kitty and Red's house, this time with their granddaughter, Leia, a name influenced by the 70s, Leia. Uh-huh. Uh, Okay, and um, there's a, the granddaughter Leia w- with a friendship group she finds, which includes a new teenage Kelso. Uh, but the cameos by a lot of the original class, in- including Ashton Kutcher and Mia. No way! Yeah! <laughs> Unbelievable! Okay, good job. That's my trash TV for this week. I didn't have much time to watch TV because I was travelling and stuff. Um, okay, the other thing was a podcast I listened to in the... The, the theme of the evening event. I've talked about Offline by John Favreau very recently, yes. I know. This was a new episode I loved, which was um, an interview with Dop- Dr. Robert Waldinger, who's just written a book called The Good Life, Lessons from the Longest Study on Happiness. And they started 84 years ago to study happiness in two groups of people. 84? 84 years ago. The first group was a group of... Uh, Harvard students, which were all white men, 19 years old. Mm. And the second group was a group of underprivileged children um, and how they continued to thrive despite their economic, socioeconomic environment. And so then they've they've merged these two studies and later all their descendants have been studied. So now it's ended up with the diversity of men and women and all aspects of DE&I, which we like to hear. And they do in-depth questionnaires every two years with the same people. And the thing that they found was the happiest people, the people that live longest and healthiest, have the warmest connections with relationships. So that sort of ties into the friendship theme today. So not just partners, but family and friends. And so the study tried to look at how do relationships get into our bodies and change them. Because people with really strong connections and relationships have less heart disease, less diagnosed with diabetes, all sorts of things. Crazy. Um, So apparently we all have a general happiness level. So some of us are, so fifty percent of our happiness is genetic. Some of us are born as tiggers, bouncing around, yes, yeah. and some of us are born as eeyores. Mm. A little bit sad. Ten <laughs> percent um, of our happiness is based on our current life circumstances. So if you're having a really hard time, maybe you've just moved countries, um, or there's other things going on in your life, just remember that that's ten percent. Might be hard. And then forty percent is under our control, which moves that means that we can move the needle. Um, so building relationships, taking care of your health, meditation and exercise. And if you build relationships, you go on to take care of your health and do the exercise. And so a social muscle is like a physical muscle. So when you go to yoga, do a run, whatever, you don't expect and touch your toes every morning. You don't expect to be able to do that if you don't keep practicing to do that. And so it's the same with social, social interactions and your social muscle. So you don't think it's okay to stop your exercise muscle, so you shouldn't think it's okay to stop your social muscle. And even though sometimes it's hard to get up and do the exercise, you still do it 
you still go for a walk or whatever, even for 10 minutes. It's the same with social. You still don't, you don't mightn't feel like seeing people or right. interacting with people. But if you just take 10 minutes, send a quick Marco Polo. Yes. Or um, just a WhatsApp voice message or something to someone. That's anyway, and so advice, what yeah. they found was the end of life interview said, I wish I hadn't spent so much time worrying about what other people thought. Ah. There you go. So that's it. And so sorry, with, yep. with that, because can, can I remember there was a, a doco, I think we, we saw at a film festival called The Happiness Project and it talked about the happiest people around the world and yep. it showed that, uh, spoiler alert, the happiest person was the uh, rickshaw driver in India. Yep. And and they showed the woman who was the beauty queen in America, and well, it was the it was such a good doco, wasn't it? So, but this was more about your how you lived your life, not where you lived. Correct. So, your life. what they did was they they found this that they got this outcome, but then because it's been over eighty four years, so they've got a lot of information. That's huge. And they had one set of information, but in the last ten to twenty years, that people have researched happiness more often, yeah. so they've been validated by other studies to uh, say that this study actually is correct because of that. So. Yeah, that was kind of kind of cool. Really I good. really enjoyed it. And I my imagine third you'll put a link in the, in uh, the show notes. A link in the show notes. Okay. And then my friend, my third thing, really quickly, was I was listening to um, Pivot, which is another podcast I love, um, and Scott Galloway was talking about a TV appearance that he'd done. This is in the friendship theme as well, um, and he wasn't very happy with it. He felt pretty uncomfortable afterwards. Why? And the, he didn't feel that he had performed well. He right. didn't feel that he was read up enough on the subject. He didn't feel like he gave his best at the time. Anyway, and then the TV anchor called him at 1am in the morning after he'd been on the show to see if he was doing okay. Oh. Just because they thought he was a little bit off. Like they just said, oh, you didn't seem like yourself. Like, are you okay? Wow. And I don't know. Don't call me at 1. I don't know. Do you, yeah. do you, do you, <laughs> um, 1am phone calls are always like, unless someone's got a time zone problem, you don't want it. So what, what was his reaction to getting a phone call right. at 1am? So his reaction was that he reflected on friendship and building relationships because he has a specialty in um, – uh, he has a book about 100 graphs and probably G could give us How a little bit more. How many people here listen to Scott Galloway? Anyone? Because – yeah, look, he loves Scott Galloway. <laughs> anyway, so what he said was that um, he talks about how connected people are, and particularly young men, and it's important since people have been out of the workplace that you have to have connection, etc. But he said the easiest way to get someone to like you and to care about you is to express how much you like and care about them. Yeah. And he said that he felt much closer to that person who he thought of as a friend but who actually had done a call in the middle of the night and said, hey, dude, are you okay? Because like, I felt you wasn't quite right. Yeah. Anyway, so that was the, the, they took the time to reach out and check on it, in on him. Yeah. So that's just about friendship. And then Cara, who's the, the co-host, added that friends talk to other friends about how our friends are doing collectively. So friends check on friends. So when you have friends, it's kind yeah. of like a, yeah. a self-fulfilling prophecy. Is it easier <laughs> to ask a friend how the other friend's doing than ring the actual friend and ask them? <laughs> I'm not sure. I couldn't tell you. That's just my third favourite I just wonder thing. if people do that. Do you know, like they, instead of making the direct phone call, yeah. I think so some people do if they don't want to disturb. So you might feel yeah. like I really like this person but I feel you're a better friend than I am. Yeah. So I'm going to check with you. So you have to do the emotional labour for me. So that wraps up the podcast recording section of the evening. Thank you very much for your patience. Yes. I think we should bring everyone every time we do it. 
And if you um, haven't heard the podcast before, congratulations. That was your first podcast. You, your cherry is popped. Um, you can listen to us on Spotify or any other podcast uh, application. Okay. Um, that's it. That's it. We're get, I'm getting the right up. Thank you so much, everybody, for coming. We can't say how much we appreciate this. It's super awesome to be here. Thank you.